Gabriel comes to Mary and says, listen, you're going to have a, a baby, right? And Mary looks at Gabriel and, and, you know, she knows how this works. That's not possible for me to have a baby. And he says, no, the, God, the Lord and his spirit are going to overshadow you. And you're going to have the son of the most high. And you're going to name him Jesus. He's going to be the son of God. And in that moment, in the moments that followed after, Mary and Joseph's lives changed forever. As they welcomed baby Jesus, the son of God, into the world. They were visited by shepherds and later wise men sent by God to remind them of who Jesus really is. The Son of God who came to take away the sins of the world. And on that day when Jesus was born, they celebrated that birth. And now over 2,000 years later, we celebrate that birth as well on December 25th, every single year, on Christmas now, why do we celebrate Christmas? Why is Jesus so important? I want to give you three reasons, and then I'll be finished for today. Jesus is important because he was born to change me and you. Jesus is important because he was born to reconcile us with God in heaven. And Jesus is important because he was born to give every single person hope. Anybody need some hope today? Amen. All right, let's just look at a text in Colossians chapter 1 just for a few minutes. Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 21. This is Paul writing to the Colossian church, celebrating who Jesus is, reminding them about why Jesus came. He says, And although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind and engaged in evil deeds. So Jesus came first to to change you and me. He came to change us. Now, he came to change us, but why did we need to be changed? Well, he gives us three reasons. Before we met Jesus, before we were born again, before we became Christians, we were three things. We were alienated from God. Listen, we have a God who created this world and everything in it. We have a God who absolutely loves us. And that God demonstrated his love by sending Jesus to this earth. God became man and dwelt among us for a reason. Number one, we are alienated from him apart from Christ. That means God designed us to be a part of his family. God designed us to walk with him, to know him in a deeply personal way. But we're alienated from him. Beginning in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve made that decision to eat the forbidden fruit, from that point on, all humanity, all people, me and you and everyone who was ever born, were alienated, separated from God and His purpose for our lives. Now there's a consequence to that alienation. We developed hostility toward Him. We made decisions to disobey Him, to live according to our own desires, if you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. To follow the standards of this world and to allow this world to transform our minds as opposed to the Word of God and His desire and purpose for us. We are alienated from the family of God. We were uh, taken apart and hostile in our minds toward Him. And then finally, that leads to something else. Paul identifies this in Romans chapter 1, verses 18-32. through 32. 
that we were engaged in evil deeds. So we turned our back on God's purpose for our lives. And then as we walked away from him and his purpose, then we started to make decisions based on what we want instead of what he wants. The consequence of those decisions are what the Bible defines here as evil deeds. An evil deed is anything we do that's contrary to the will and desire and perfect purpose that God has for our lives. Here's what was going on in your life before you met Jesus. This is what Paul writes here to the Colossian church. We chose not to obey God, but instead to do our own thing, which is contrary to how God designed us to live. Our choices alienated us from him. They transformed our minds and our hearts from the inside out, leading us to be hostile to his righteousness, turning our minds against what God designed for us to do, influencing our future actions to lead us further and further and further and further from God's purpose for our lives. That's why Jesus had to come. That's why God became man and dwelt among us, because he loves us and we were separated from him. Now to the good news. Why did Jesus come? Why do we get so excited? Why are we filled with joy at Christmas? Because God became man because Jesus was born to reconcile us with God. We learn in that verse 21 that we were, we were broken, that, that our relationship with God was, was broken, that we weren't a part of his family, that we weren't walking with him. So he sent Jesus to repair that broken relationship. The Bible word here, used here, is the word reconcile. You know, you hear a lot of people say, I can't spend time with that person. I can no longer be married to that person because we have what? Irreconcilable differences. We have differences that we can't mend. You know, and that's true. You know, before we met Jesus, we had irreconcilable differences with God. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came to reconcile us with the Father in a way that we could never do on our own. Look at verse 22. It says, Yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. So Jesus came. He was born. He lived a, a perfect life. He, he fulfilled God's desire for him in every single way. Everything he said, everything he thought, everything he did pleased God the Father. And then Jesus gave his life on the cross. And while he was on that cross, the wrath of God was poured out upon him. He took your place and my place. For every sin that you commit against God, Jesus received the wrath of God or the penalty for that sin. His blood poured out on that cross as an atonement or a covering so that you could receive forgiveness for your sins. And he died on that cross. And then he was buried in the ground. And then, hallelujah, on the third day he rose again. Amen? Amen. Yes. And that's what we celebrate on Easter. And he, sell, and, he, and he rose again on that third day, conquered death and sin and Satan's control over all who had turned from their sin and placed their faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior. And that's how Jesus reconciled us with God the Father in heaven. So he came and he fixed our problem. 
Now, as born-again believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, when the Father looks upon you, he no longer sees a wayward son or daughter. He sees a child of God. He sees in you the righteousness of Christ and a member of his family. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now, what about this hope? Jesus came to reconcile us with God the Father and to provide us with hope. Finally, look at verse 23. It says, If indeed you continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast, and not moving away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. The hope that Jesus provides for us stirs up joy, love, and purpose inside of us as we follow Jesus and his desires for our lives. And so now finally, just as a way of sort of concluding this message, I'm going to give you an invitation. And here's the invitation. You know, Jesus often taught in parables. He, he told stories that were rich in theological truth. And, and so in the, in the gospel, New Testament book of Matthew, Jesus told a story. He said there was a, a man, and, and he built his house on a firm foundation, on, on a rock, on bedrock. Y'all know what that is in QS, right? Dig for about four inches. And what do you hit? Y'all ever try to dig a hole here? It's tough, man. You need a jackhammer to dig a hole, to put a, a post hole in. He said there, was, there were two men. One of the men, he, he built his house on this firm foundation, on the solid bedrock. And, and there was another man, and, and he built his house on sand. Now, y'all know what happens to sand when the hurricanes come, right? Right? So he said, now both men, they both went through a storm. Now, the one that had his house on the rock, his house, his house remained there. It remained strong. The, the winds came, and the, and the floodwaters rose up, and the rain came down, and it beat against that house. And we know what that's like in Key West. Now, because that house was on the solid rock, it stood the test of that storm. Now, there was another man, and he built his house on the sand. And the winds rose up, and, and it rained, and the floodwaters came. And y'all know what happens if you build something on sand, and the hurricane comes. What happens? Splat. And that house fell, and it was destroyed. The Bible teaches us that Jesus is the foundation of our lives. But you've got to invite Jesus into your life. And you've got to build your life on top of Christ. Because Lord knows all of us go through storms in life. Anybody agree with that? If you're not in a storm, just wait a couple days because there's one coming. And my question for you is, what have you built your life upon? The solid rock of Jesus Christ or something else? And the invitation for you this morning, in just a second, we're all going to stand and we're going to sing one more song and then we're all going to be done and we're going to dismiss. But in, in a moment, I'm going to invite you to stand. And this is a time of invitation. So if God is stirring your heart, I'm going to be up front. I want you to come down. I want to pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. You can pray at the altar. 
Whatever God's called you to do during this time, this moment of invitation, maybe for you it's a moment just to give your life over to Jesus for the very first time. Maybe it's a moment for you to hand it back over to him again. Maybe you're a believer and, and you've been living in a way that you know God doesn't want you to live and today's the day for you to rededicate that. Whatever that is, whatever that decision is, I want to invite you to make that today. Would you all stand with me just for this, this last song? Heavenly Father, I pray over this time of invitation. I ask, Lord God, through your Holy Spirit that you move in our hearts and that you give us faith to make whatever decision you've called us to make. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.